research. Erica Friedenlin is a professor at Old Dominion University. Erica, what do you think it is that in all the experiences you've had in other countries? Hello? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can Great. hear you. Excellent. Okay, Suzanne, are you there? Um, I am. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So we're starting the show a little late, but we're here. We're going to just do it, right? Sounds and, good. Okay, Viri, let us know when you're ready for us to go live. The money to feed their children and had to go to a different country to have babies because there were no medicines and hospitals. We always think it can't happen to us, but it, it can. And we know that from natural disasters too, right? Hurricane Katrina displaced tons of people in ways that they never expected. And Good morning. I'm Donna Quinn. And for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Today, my guest is Pub Astoria Public Library Director Suzanne Harold. There's a lot of excitement about the Astoria Astor Library these days, and we're going to find out about the history and about the renovation and project management going on right now. There was a city council meeting on Monday. Suzanne will fill us in on that. Good morning, Suzanne. Thanks so much for being here today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Suzanne, before we talk about this precious resource in our community, the public library, the heart of the community, please let the listening audience know a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, yeah, well, fun fact is that I was born here at St. Mary's Hospital shortly before it closed. Um, we lived in Napa until I was about two and then moved down to Tillamook. Um, grew up there, moved to Portland after college, earned my Master of Library Science while I was in Portland. And then in 2013, we moved to Astoria. So I've been here ever since, fallen in love with it. Um, started at Astoria Public Library in 2017, doing the youth services programming. And then a year ago in June, when the previous director retired, I stepped in as interim and then was um, hired as the permanent librarian or permanent library director. And so you have some time under your belt there and you've seen and heard things that have, you know, we've had all kinds of ideas about what to do about the library. Mm -hmm. And now it actually looks as though things are moving in a very positive direction. And uh, so, but before we talk about why the library needs renovation, let's talk a little bit about the history of the Astoria Public Library. Sure, um, yeah, our library was incorporated in 1892. So it's one of the older libraries in Oregon. Um, for the first 75 years, it moved around a lot. It was in the Old City Hall building, which is now the Heritage Museum. It was in the Elks building for a while, the Senior Center, a few other buildings. Um, and then in 1966, they decided it needed a, per well, they'd been working for a while on a permanent location. And in 1967, this building opened, um, the one that we're in right now. It's a very distinctive style called Mid-Century Modern. Um, designed by Ebba Wicks-Brown, who graduated from Astoria High School and was renowned in the field of architecture for her role, especially in this type of architecture. Um, and it's a great building, but it is 56 years old. And over the years, the, um, the systems have worn out. The roof leaks when it rains hard, which is not um, um, great in Astoria to have a leaking roof. Um, so yeah, it's just at the, it's time, and the way that we've used libraries in the last 56 years have shifted a lot. Um, 
So we can can you talk about that a little bit about what what the library offers, the services, how <laughs> you're funded, and and the changes before we start talking about the the building itself? Sure. So um, libraries right now are considered, like you said, the heart of the community. It's a space where the community can gather. You don't have to pay to be in the space, unlike a coffee house or someplace where you're kind of renting your ability to stay there for a while. Um, it's free and open to everyone. Um, it's a great location for book groups or craft groups, people coming together. Um, another thing that's changed is as we've learned more about childhood development and early childhood development, we've um, increased our services to include from babies on up. Um, in the 1960s, there was an assumption that children didn't really need books until they were older, like maybe four. Um, and now we realize that those first three years are critical. Um, so our story times and our programming for, for children are much more active and dynamic than they used to be. Um, so our flag room right now is not easy to clean when paint spills. Um, so we will have a space in the new library that's, that is um, easier to clean up for one thing. Um, let's see, other changes. Computers are a huge change. We now offer internet access. Um, since COVID, we've realized that it's important to have small spaces, like small study rooms where people can do Zoom meetings for medical appointments or job interviews um, or one-on-one -on -one tutoring where it doesn't bother anyone. So yeah, lots of, lots of changes over the years. And how is the library, for those listeners who may not be familiar with how the library works in the mm -hmm. city of Estoria, tell us about your funding and about um, you have and how you uh, also have various groups that are trying to work to help the library. You know, you have volunteers, mm -hmm. programs. Yes. Yeah. So we are a department of the city. So we are included in the city's general budget. Um, and that is the bulk of our funding is coming through, um, through your taxes to the city. We also get funding from the bond measure that just passed last November. That's what's paying for the renovation itself. Um, the Library Foundation does large scale fundraising like for them. They worked very hard to get the library um, renovation funded before we decided to go out for a bond. Um, they've done the large fundraising and they'll support, kind of augment the renovation budget and gave us the seed money. And then we also have a group called the Astor Library Friends Association, or ALFA, and they supplement our budget for things like um, the arts program that we have for grade school ages. They've pitched in money for summer reading performers, um, for extra collections when we started. We have these fabulous picture books. They have the MP3 player embedded in the picture book so it'll read it aloud and tell you when to turn the page so just like depending on your age you might remember them coming with a cd or a cassette tape or an lp to read along and now it's just a button that you push in the book even has a headphone jack which is great for the whole family um yeah so and that was something that alpha gave us the money to get a starter collection that we could then maintain um, and then we have volunteers who come in and help us with all sorts of things mostly shelving is our main um, main area, but in the future we anticipate that they could help. We could use volunteers for some book processing. Um, we are going through all of the newspaper index cards right now and getting them in alphabetical order so that they're ready to be digitized. And I have some great volunteers working on that too. 
Well, the, we've known that the library needed to be updated for many years, and and it's been a challenge because there were lots of ideas about you know Heritage Square and moving and a new mm -hmm. library. Should we renovate? So let's address that a little bit and then talk about how we got to this point where we are now, which feels really good. I, I looked at the presentation on your website that was made on November 29th uh, to the community, and that's available on your website. And I really encourage people to watch that. It's it's very educational and informational in every way. It's uh, so so. Where have we been in terms of needing to renovate or have a new library and what's happened? And then how do we get where we are right now with this wonderful firm in Portland? Sure. Yeah. So um, when I first moved here, it was fall of 2013. And I think it was that winter that we started on the needs assessment for what kind of library um, our community wanted and needed. And I remember going to those meetings and thinking that the library was just around the corner, which was so exciting. Um, and we did from there came up with like this, this is kind of the size and the general concept of what we need as a library. Um, that led to the Heritage Square proposal that the council um, did not vote for. And then that my, hopefully I'm getting all of the information correct. Someone can correct me if I've got some facts wrong, but the foundation was formed um, with the hope of fundraising for a full renovation. Um, we went out in 2017 and requested proposals from architectural teams. We had um, a nice number of architectural teams contributed their idea. And the one that fit the best and seemed to really um, understand and get Astoria is Henneberry Eddy Architects. So they came up with a conceptual plan that was then used for fundraising. Um, and the fundraising was going fairly well and we'd received a large grant from the National Endowment of Humanities and then COVID hit and kind of took the wind out of all the sales. So fast forward to January of 2022, then Mayor Bruce Jones said, well, we have this $2.1 million in the bank that was a combination of some trust funds, the foundation fundraising, some other uh, money that we had. Let's, let's make a decision this year on what we're going to do. Um, they decided to poll the voters in May to see if there'd be support for a bond measure to do a full renovation. And if it looked like there wasn't, they were just going to take the money on hand and do what they could, remove the mezzanine, make it uh, more accessible, hopefully repair the roof and the bathrooms until money ran out and then call it good. So um, in May, the poll results came back pretty positive. We um, There was a great committee of volunteers during the campaign who worked really hard and by the end of November we passed with um, resoundingly almost 70% approval rate which is unheard of for a bond measure so we felt very loved and appreciated um, as a library and know that that our community uh, is really supportive. So from there we we now have the money that we need to do the full renovation. Uh, Henneberry Eddy was still far and away the architectural team that understood us and already had a great plan that everyone supported so we moved forward with them finalized the contract and um, there's just been a lot of work behind the scenes for the last 12 months so now it's finally more visible you can see the the schematic design just kind of the over the big picture of the floor plan and some general ideas of what it'll look like we're now moving into design development, which is getting more detailed, this kind of more fun stuff, the paint colors and the furniture and the design elements. 
then, yeah, I can keep going. We'll move into then from there to construction. Well, <laughs> yes. And, well, let's talk for a quick second about sure. um, the, well, the timeline. You've had a lot of community engagement. Uh, you had a big presentation on November 29th. Uh, you presented to city council this past Monday. Um, and the things that uh, that I saw when I looked at the YouTube video, the presentation that was made on the 29th, um, are this idea of reflecting Astoria and what that means to the building, and uh, and it it also listed some of the reasons, some of the things, the new features that you needed to have the 100% accessible building expanded children's space, dedicated teen space, updated technology, updated systems, electricity, plumbing, uh, roof, et cetera. So all of that is has been, there's on a time, the timeline. And so now you've done a lot of community engagement, you're moving in. So let's talk about the phase you're moving into right now. Sure. Oh, and I should have mentioned, we spent all of September of this last fall um, doing public engagement. So we had um, focus groups and community meetings and surveys. Um, so got a lot of input from the community on what they wanted. And then they went back and took the original plan, made adjustments based on what they heard and came up with a plan that you can see now on the website. So we're currently in the process of hiring a, um, it's called a CMGC, Construction Manager General Contractor. And um, that firm will start working on the um, design development, and then we'll move into construction documents, which is where it gets really um, granular and detailed. And that takes quite a while that we expect will wrap up in about April. We'll start getting permits from the city, and then we should start construction next fall and reopen about one year later. So that's that's the plan. It's still out there a ways, but um, it's clipping along at a pretty good at a pretty good pace. Right. And we're going to talk about the fact that you need some temporary space for the library for about a year. And in just a minute right now, I'll yes. give you a little question ID. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn. Today, we are talking about the library, the Astor Astoria Public Library in downtown Astoria, the heart of the community. My guest is Suzanne Harold. She is the public library director for the city of Astoria, Oregon. And... We are talking about renovation of the library, this old uh, building, which is a mid-century modern building, how to make it more uh, come into, what is it that they say, let's see, mid-century modern, there are three. 21st century, um, and then I think something about like being also just like really Astoria. Yes, that's so important because Astoria has a sense of place that is so powerful, so unique. And when there's an opportunity to renovate a building like this, to reflect the culture, the history of this unique place, that's a very important thing. Yes, we are. Um, I love our community and all of our people, but yeah, it's um, we're big personalities uh, and I and really strong sense of place. And I love that the architectural team gets that and, and also appreciates it. And I think it's gonna be reflected in the building. It'll be unique to us. So now you're, you're uh, so what you need though, is you need to find a building somewhere in downtown Astoria where you can house the library for a year, starting probably uh, next fall uh, when the renovation of the library is happening. 
Yes. So I have some leads on some places where we can store things while we're gone, but where I'm still trying to nail down a place that will be accessible to the public where you can come in. Um, we'll likely go back to, if you use the library during the COVID pandemic, it was a situation where you would say what you wanted and then you could come and pick it up when it was ready. So we will likely have most of our collection offsite. And if you want one of those books, it'll be a day or two while we get them and bring them in. Um, and then we We'll likely have a small browsing collection of a few, you know, new books or bestsellers um, that you can grab while you're there. So I need a space large enough for a couple of laptops for our computers for people to use who don't have internet access at home. Um, large enough for a desk to check out materials, preferably a small room somewhere for for story times and programs. Um, so I don't want to let those go completely. A year is a really long time in your life if you're under the age of five or if you're right at that teen age. We um, Right now we have a vibrant, fantastic group of teens who come every Thursday at three o'clock and I don't want to lose that momentum um, for those those kids who are enjoying using the library every week. So, um, so yeah, if you, and it needs to be accessible to people in a wheelchair. If it has some parking spaces, that would be fantastic. And um, our budget is really small. So if you wanted to make this like, um, a donation or a community, you know, like, yeah, get us a really good rate. Those are kind of the things I'm looking for. But please reach out to me if you, if you know of a space or have a space that might that might work for us. All right, the call out to the community: a temporary space for the library while it's being renovated. And um, and I have to say, I'm excited about uh, the schematics that I saw. Uh, there's going to be some glass, uh, some more light. Uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. And you made a presentation to the city council on Monday and tell us why you did that and the result. Sure. So like you said, on the 29th, the architectural design team did the community presentation, um, via zoom. There was a nice viewing party at the library. We had about 20 people came and enjoyed tea and cookies and watched together. And then that Monday at the city council work session, the architects gave a similar presentation to them to talk them through the direction that we're going, kind of a check-in to make sure that the council um, didn't have any concerns and supported the direction that we were moving in. Um, and it was very positive. They're also excited about the changes that are coming and um, finally getting this this project off the ground and and the vision that that the team has for for what our space can be. Like you said, one of the most popular options is the um, going to replace four concrete panels on the north side of the building with floor to ceiling windows, which will let in diffused um, northern light. So nothing to, you shouldn't ble bleach out items, but it will um, bring in a lot more light and a lot more openness. The mezzanine level will go away, which is currently not accessible to anyone who struggles with stairs. Um, and also just makes it feel closed in and kind of cramped down there. And the aisles for the books down there also aren't wide enough for for a wheelchair or a stroller. So that will be fixed. Um, and it will just make that whole upstairs room feel open and light and inviting. And then there'll be um, a large hole in the ground. There's probably a more beautiful way to say that. But um, the, the main floor will open up into the basement so that um, northern light will also go into the basement and make that room feel um, more light and open than basements sometimes feel. Mm. 
And I like the fact that it was going to be a, a little covered area for book drop off if it, because of, we actually get some rain here. So we do. And right now on, on weeks like this, um, sometimes books will get rain damaged, just getting them from the book drop back into the building where we can check them in. So um, staff is very excited to have an inside book drop. Yes, that's that's going to be really important. And I like the fact that, that I, again, I encourage people to go to the public library website, um, AstoriaLibrary.org, and, and if you click on Renovation Project, it'll take you right to the YouTube video so that you can see the presentation. And um, and it this firm, they really thought about the the ships and, and vertical things and what defines Astoria, what are the visuals, what and what's the history and the culture. And uh, it's going to be really exciting to see how they incorporate that, maintaining the integrity of this historic building the library is in, but also updating it to really reflect Astoria. Yes, yeah, they're definitely going with the nautical theme and the forest theme is, seems to be the direction they're going in, which I think is quintessentially Astoria. Absolutely. So now that the city council has said, we like this, forward, onward, um, you are in the middle of, of again, getting, now there will be the, this timeline that's that we can see online. Um, so what can the public do? They can follow along and there, there still is more opportunity for community engagement, correct? Yes, there'll be one more large um, online meeting in late January where, you, where we'll have a chance to see the design development that they've come up with um, and encourage everyone to follow along on the website. As soon as we have that date set, I'll put it both on our web calendar. Um, I'll be posting about it on our social media channels. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram page and encourage people to follow us. That's where we we highlight um, resources you might not know that we have. Um, we highlight any programs that are coming up. And then, um, as Donna said, on the website, if you click on Renovation Project, we'll be posting regular updates on what happens there or on what's been happening and, and is going to happen. What are you the most excited about, Suzanne? What what a what a gift for you to be able to be the director during this really exciting time. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, it was I was going to call it a dream, but it wasn't even on my in my ideas of things that could happen. It's definitely a rare treat. Most library directors don't get to oversee a major renovation or construction project. Um, I started out as a children's librarian, so I'm very excited about the early learning center that we're going to have and the more dynamic space for them to be. Um, I'm thrilled to have a large um, teen room that the teens are going to help design and and say what kind of elements that they want in that space um, that's probably that's my own prejudice towards kids coming out those are what i'm most excited about personally and community meetings i mean we have the flag room but um mm -hmm. what's going to happen with more space for community meetings yes yeah, so we'll we often um the flag room currently is often not large enough for some of our more popular programs so we'll move those downstairs into a newer larger flag room that has um, storage so that all of the tables and chairs can be put out of the way when we don't need them. That will increase the space a lot. We have a really large program. There will be um, walls that can pull back so that they can spill out into the main lobby of the basement. All of the furniture and 
freestanding bookcases will be on casters so they can be moved out of the way. So flexibility is the main thing about the renovated space. Um, that's kind of our watchword. And it's going to be just a really dynamic, usable space that can change as our needs change over the next few decades. And uh, Jane, I have a quick question. How, does, how have Audible Books and Libby and all the different apps affected you all? And we only have a few minutes left, so I want to give you a chance to talk about anything we haven't talked about. But just a, a, a quick check-in on that. Are people listening to books more than they're reading? Is it 50-50? Is it... What, what, what do you think? I, hmm, I think that reading physical books is still the most popular. Um, after COVID or during COVID, a lot of people discovered audiobooks online um, and some people that really works well for and ebooks on their devices. So I think overall, it's just increased all of our um, people's use of the library once they realized that through Libby, they can get what they're paying for with Audible or Kindle for free. It just takes a little bit of patience sometimes for the hold, hold line. Old line. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, we do just have a couple of minutes left, uh, Suzanne. And uh, is I'd like you to, you know, now tell the listening audience anything that maybe we haven't talked about, or anything you would like them to know or do um, about the Astoria Public Library. Sure. I'm going to give a quick plug. We have a great program coming up on Wednesday, December 20th at 6 p.m. There's going to be a woman who grew up in the Czech Republic. Um, does a program called Memories of Czech Christmas. So she and her husband will be here. He plays the accordion. She sings and will do some traditional dances. We'll tell some funny stories about her own childhood growing up and some comparison and contrast between American and Czech Christmas traditions. And we'll have cider and cocoa and holiday cookies. And it should be a really nice event. So six o'clock on Wednesday, December 20th, and we've got lots of posts about it coming on Facebook and Instagram, so be sure to follow us. Oh, good. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much um, um, for, you know, taking the time to talk uh, on the program today and uh, for all that you're doing, your dedication. Um, books are uh, the key to um, many, many worlds and uh, reading and listening and, and being in a library is something that has been important to me all my life. And uh, I'm so pleased that Estuary will now uh, have the opportunity to, again, bring this mid-century modern building into the 21st century. Well, thank you, Donna. I appreciate the chance to talk about it. Absolutely. And again, the website is estuarylibrary.org. It's a great watch to watch the YouTube uh, about the plans for the renovation. And you can still weigh in and pop in the library and talk to Suzanne. And again, if you have a space, the library is going to be temporary space um, starting next fall. So please reach out to Suzanne. Thank you so much. And thank you, Miri, for all the technology help this morning. It was a little, a little, a little challenging. <laughs> And uh, but we made it work. And thanks to all of you who listen to this program to KMUN. Uh, and my gratitude to local talented banjo instructor Michael Bruin for his original theme music for this program. Until we meet again, well, actually, every day, it's really important to take a very deep breath. It's something that is restful and peaceful and healthy for our bodies, our minds, and our spirits. So right now, let's just stop for a second and take a very deep breath together. We live in a, a world which 
is overwhelming often. And so if we can remember to take a deep breath and then focus on the things that are working in our lives, the people we love, and um, the gifts that we have in our lives with gratitude, if we can have gratitude, and then give ourselves a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely, you know, ourselves. You know, you're the only one and you're doing the best you can. Uh, and gratitude for being here now, all of us, in this moment, the only moment that exists, the now moment, on the amazing planet we call Earth.